we're up to noon ches amad aleph. We're up to here. Hechi nafal, about six lines on the top of the page. So our Mishnah just reminds us what's going on here. Talking about if an animal fell down. And somebody's garden, in somebody's garden, and the crop that buffered the food, then he has to pay not the the, the, you know, the value of the food, but the, the value of the benefit to the animal. You know, what else could have cushioned the fall a lot cheaper? But <clears throat> the animal ate from the crop then, the animal walks in on its own and eats, then you pay for the damage. And then the question is, how do we assess the damage? We'll see in a minute. So let's first focus on the first part. The animal fell in. What's considered falling in that is not really a fault? Because it, because it was an accident, that's why we minimize the amount you have to pay. Only, you know, the, you know what is the benefit that the animal had from it. So they how did it fall? Rav Kahana says, It was an accident. It slipped in its urine. The point is, it was an accident. And that's why we mitigate the, the amount you have to pay. But there were a number of animals walking together and it was a bit crowded. So one animal shoved the other animal off uh, whatever it was and it fell down into this person's garden, which is slightly negligent because you should have been more careful, pull your animal away, it shouldn't be so crowded. So the one said that the animals sort of shoved the other animal with slight negligence. Surely, if it slipped, which is a total accident, surely that you, you, only, you don't have to pay more than the benefit that the animal had. But a man, the one who says that when we talk about an accident, the description is that the accident because it slipped into your right. But if, let's say, it was shoved by the other animal where there is some negligence involved, then you're not going to get away with just paying for the benefit to the animal. Then you actually have to pay a lot more than that. You'll have to pay the, um, the, the amount of damage that you caused it to happen. Because here is very negligence, <clears throat> according to this opinion. Because he said, the owner of the garden says to the owner of the animal, <inaudible> you should have made sure that one animal you know, crosses at a time, not a number of animals together. Now we're saying further, <inaudible> said, that we're saying over here, what happened? The animal walked in, um, <clears throat> fell in. You only pay for the for the benefit to the animal. What happens? <inaudible> what happens that while it fell down and the whole thing happened by accident, it started to eat. It noticed that it fell down in the garden, so it started to eat from the crop. Um, now because. It, it didn't w just wander into the field. It fell into the field. We consider it an onus. And even if it eats uh, around the vegetables around it, you don't have to pay any more than the benefit to the animal from falling down. <clears throat> um, so he says over here, when you say you're exempt for paying if the animal started to eat the vegetables around it, only that very same patch. The animal picks itself up, walks over to the next patch, and starts eating from there. Then Mishalem is Then that's separate. That's a separate story, and you pay what you ate. And Abiyachan says no. Afilu says that when the animal fell down in this garden, we don't just say, "Oh, that particular row of vegetables was a cushion." We say the garden acted as a cushion. So everywhere in that garden is considered as if it's part of that buffer. So therefore, if the animal picks it up and starts walk, wandering about, the eight, 
it's still part of that same accident, and you only pay the benefit to the animal, <clears throat> and not the damage that the animal is causing. Bafilu Kalayim Kulu says, yeah, even all day long, add unless Shetetze, the animal leaves the garden, and then the and returns to the garden. The second time, once it returns to the garden, it's no longer part of the accident. Now you can, the animal is going to pay for whatever damage it causes. The das willingly. Amara Papa Papa says, when we say the animal went back willingly, it doesn't mean the das. You would think it means that you saw the animal going into the garden again. And he did nothing about it. No, it's he said. I'll, I'll tell you better. As long as you knew the animal left the garden, even if afterwards you were not aware that the animal went back. And you had a normal, let's say, protection that the animal shouldn't wander about. If the animal breaks through and goes to the garden, you're responsible. <clears throat> you know, just like a cat. You give a cat some milk, but keep on coming back to you for more and more and more because they know that this is where they get the supply. Same with an animal. If it went into a garden, true, it was there by accident. But now that it had all this food, so it'll always go back there again. So you should have been aware of that and taken extra precautions that your animal, once you knew that your animal left that garden, you should take extra precautions to make sure the animal does not return. And an ordinary standard fence might not be good enough. I'm going to pop like, Tamer, don't think it left willingly and then you uh, went back willingly. Once it left willingly, even though it came back without your, without your knowledge, you're responsible. My time of why the umlek the owner of the garden says now to the owner of the camp, Kivan the Yalfa. Once the animal learned out, learned about my garden, became familiar with it, call Amos the Mishtamta. Whenever your animal sneaks out, we think he's running to my garden. So you should have been far more careful in your response. Let's think about it further. But what the mission continues, what about Yorda Kedaka? The animal went down normally. Was no accidents. Behizika and caused all kinds of damage. Mishalem as much as he could pay is exactly the kind of damage that it was. And we also learned that if it ate, then you pay, you know, even though it's expensive wheat, you only pay the, the like barley, what you normally feed the animal. So, boy, we had before a discussion if something started out, let's say, it was negligent, but what actually happened at the moment of the of the of the damages was an accident. So we asked, how do we how do we treat that? Do we say, since it started out being negligent, we don't care what happened afterwards, it's your fault? Or do we say, we look at the moment of the accident, the moment of the accident, there was an accident, so therefore you are, you know, we treat it as an itis. So we have an argument. So if you may ask the interesting question, what happens, yard or kedarka, the animal went into somebody else's field, trespassed normally, didn't fall off anything, so this is, Negligent. If animals start eating, you pay the full damage. But the hezika later. But what happened was that the animal was pregnant and suddenly gave birth, and this water it burst its water and his water everywhere completely ruined the guy's crop. So it started out negligence, he trespassed on someone's property, but it ended up being an accident. How do we treat that? Now, isn't that the argument of Tchilosay Bipshir Sayyid? What's he saying? He's like this. A labor demand them according to the opinion that said he lost it. But she, the safe of the owner's chayiv, like the bailach. I don't have a question. Then for sure, you chayiv, right? Because it's it's not being negligent. Key to bailach. The question is a labor demand. I'm not he lost it. But she is everybody popular. The one that says that if it's I don't care how it started out. We look at it now. Now it's an accident. He was pregnant, so he is popular. My, what would it do? We are up to. Daf Nun Ches Aleph, towards the bottom of the page, 
We're talking about over here, if an animal ends up in someone's garden by accident and the gardens saved, you know, they saved its fall or didn't harm itself, you have to pay to the animal. Sorry, you have to pay um, the benefit to the animals. You're not paying the full amount of damages. You're only paying that, you know, the animal could have been saved with something else which would be a lot cheaper, and that's what you pay. But if the animal wandered in willingly into somebody else's property, then you pay for all the damages the animal did. He ate the crop, ruined the crop. So we had a question. Now, this is the bottom of the page. in The last line, actually. And the question is, the animal wandered in willingly. The animal wandered in willingly. And, but what happened was that the animal suddenly gave birth. It was a full gestation period. Suddenly gave birth, and it burst its water, and the water spread everywhere, completely ruined the crop. So according to the view that says that if it started out being negligence and turned out to be an accident, you are exonerated, how would we view this? On the one hand, you would say, well, you're put the same thing. The animal should not have gone in. That's the end was that it, it, it burst its water and therefore um, it's an accident. It should be put However, there's another side to it. The last line in Unches Amaral, I do perhaps, over here, Maybe the entire thing is negative, including the 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 the, the bursting of the water. You know why? The kiva de kachazi. You can see the You can see your animal is about to give birth. You should have watched the animal. And you should have kept it inside and be very very careful. In other words, it's not an oinus. Maybe this isn't an oinus because you saw your animals in the full. Uh, the full gestation will give birth any moment. You should have made sure it doesn't trespass into other fields. So it's not just chilas of it's saifa of as well. Take we remain with the question. So the afternoon chet on the the very top of the page. In our Mishnah, it says, the animal walked into somebody's field and uh, and ate from the crop and so on, you got to pay. And caused damage, whatever it is, you got to pay. And the question is, uh, how much, uh, how do you assess the damage? I mean, let's say uh, it was a strawberry patch and it, it ruined some of the strawberries. How do you assess the damage? You just look at the strawberries that he ruined in isolation and say, well, this is a pun of the strawberries. It sells in the store for five bucks. That's what he did, five bucks of damage. And the Mishnah says, no. The Mishnah says you assess the damage based on the, the proportion in the field. You, ba- you, you assess it against the entire field. That's a... Uh, What's the field worth if these strawberries were intact? And what's the field worth now? The strawberry minus these strawberries. And that's how you assess the value of these strawberries, which we're going to talk about now in the Gemara. Rav Shimon disagrees. He says that if the fruits, I, I agree with you in principle, but if the fruits are whole, which means it's about to be harvested, we treat it as if it was already cut off. And then we don't look at the land at all. We just look at these fruits. So now the Gemara is going to work out. We have an interesting formula of how to work it out. How do you pay the damage? So first of all, the, the very notion that you don't just look at the, at the, at the, the fruits of I mean, the crop that you ruined, but we look, we look at it in comparison to the rest of the field. Where do you get that from? Why don't you just pay straight out? So the Lord will say, that's a posse in the Torah, and you can't do anything about it. No, I mean, how do you know? I'm a master. I'm a cross. the posse. The posse says that if you go ahead and you send your animal, uh, you send your animal, and, and it consumes soon another field, you have to pay for your best properties and your best vineyard. That's what you have to pay. What's the expression of consumed in another field? 
Sheshamin al When it comes to pay, you assess it in the, the value of the whole field, not just these, uh, let's say, strawberries in isolation. Says the Gemara, how can, first, before we get into it further, I want to know, we already use these words to teach you a general principle regarding Shen, that Shen is only, you're only liable for Shen if it enter, trespassed into somebody in the victim's field. But if, for example, the animal is eating in a public place, you don't have to pay Shen. Because it says bizdeachet. So how can you use the same passage for a second Russia? So when I ask hi bizdeachet, don't we need a lapukish or sarabim to tell you that if the, the animal was eating in a public space, you don't have to pay. So how can you learn this other din that you want to learn that when you come when it comes to payment, you don't just pay for the damage and isolation, you view it in, you know, in contrast to the rest of the field. The only purpose of the pasuk is to teach you that if you if you trust that only if you trespass your chai, but not rabbim, it could have used different words. What's acher? Or in furthermore, inami soda acher my bisoda. The letter base is extra. What is bisoda? Sheshamin al gabisoda acher. You know what says bisoda? Because you you draw a contrast. To other fields, you draw a contract. In other words, when it comes to payment, you don't just pay for whatever the vegetables or the or the grains of the animal damage. You compare it to the entire field. There's actually a famous uh, debate as to how do we understand when you. I mean, there's two ways of understanding the When you damage um, part of a field, do we take a holistic view and say, "Wow, you damaged the field." Even though you only damage 10% of the field, we say you damage the field, or do we just look at it in isolation and we say we only focus on the damage? Well, this section of the field was damaged. The rest of the field is still intact, nothing changed. So that's the argument. One other opinion says when you damage, doesn't matter what percentage of the field it is, we will take a holistic view. We say you damage the field. How much? So then we say, well, the field with, you know, if it would have been whole, it would have worth X amount of dollars. Now that you ruined that section, it's worth Y amount of dollars. So that's the damage you did. The other view says nothing. The other view says that when you damage a section of the field, you only damage that section of the field. The rest of the field is all good. The Torah just says, when it comes to payment, I look at the rest of the field. But when it comes to the damage, all you damage was this little section there and nothing else. So, um, and, and so the thing Mara is saying right now, we look at the entire field. But now the Gemara wants to know how exactly do we do this? Anyway, so let's just finish. Highlight two things. It could have said without the base. Um, and we learn from here that when you pay, you assess it based on the entire field. So maybe that's the only purpose of the process to tell you how to, how to pay. How do you know when it comes to damages that it's important to be in trespassing before you're liable? So the Gemara could in Cain, if so, if it's not then the Torah, if the only purpose of the Torah is how to pay, then the Torah should have written this Pasuk in the end of the Pasuk. The end of the Pasuk talks about how you pay, and that's where it should say this thing here. Why does it say in the first part of the Pasuk, where in the first part of the Pasuk it talks about the damages? It says, that's talking about the damages. If we're talking about the payment, why talk about it in the first part of the Pasuk? Must be it's also describing to you the damages have to be this day. The could have said, Actually, when in the yeshiva world, in the, in the, in the learning world, we learned Rambam. 
and you look at every word of the Rambam, how particular he is, how pedantic he is. So you look at the words, what he says, what he doesn't say. But equally important is where the Rambam positions a certain law. The position. That in itself is an indication of all kinds of uh, of interesting nuances. That comes from the Gemara right here. It's the fact that the Pasik is written in the first, the fact that these words, written in the first part of the Pasik, that in itself teaches you that even in, when it comes to the damages, it has some relevance as well. And, and this idea is how we learn the Rambam and other Shani. Says the Gemara. Um, now, Heichi Shamin. And this is fascinating how Rashi learns and traces. How do we assess? How do we assess? You say you take it against the whole field. So how does it work? So in a nutshell, I'll listen to the first opinion. Three opinions. The standard is 60, a multiple of 60. We're trying to actually make it uh, a little bit easier on the on the mazik, so he doesn't do it again. He pays his penalty, he doesn't do it again. So um, this is how it works, according to Rashi. Rashi says that if you're going to... Okay, we know you have to take it and, and, and broaden it and not just look at the damage itself, but broaden it. So if we're going to broaden it to one saw, saw is the equivalent of six covenants. Saw is an area of land, five, uh, 50 hammers by 50 hammers. You know, it's like 75 feet by 75 feet. A very small patch of land. That's a saw. If we're going to look at the at the value of a saw and then work back and say, so <clears throat> you damage, let's say, three covenant, half a saw, what's the value of the damage? What happens is that the, the mazik is going to pay an extraordinary amount because anybody who has money, serious money, is not going to buy a saw. It's too small. You buy in bulk. They, um, who has the buying such small parcels of land? Only somebody cannot really afford it. And, 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 and it's a true, uh, the truth is, it's a truism that rich people pay a lot less for things than poor people do. Rich people could buy in bulk. I can buy it wholesale. A poor person can only buy small quantities, so he pays top dollar. So a saw on, a, on its own is a lot more expensive. So what we do is we'll say, you know what? Let's look at, if you want to work on the value of a saw, let's take a parcel of land that's 60 saw. 60 saw. And then let's say let's say 60 saw sells for $600. That means each saw is, is worth $6. So then we say, okay, now that we've established a saw of $6, now let's see, you've eaten... The animal eating a certain amount of the saw. What would that saw sell for intact? We know it would sell for six dollars. But now that it's minus a certain section because the animal damaged, what's it worth now? Four dollars. Okay, the damage is two. So there's two stages in this assessment. First, you go, we 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 take we go to sixty saw, bring it down to a saw, and then from a saw we work out the, the amount of damages compared to a saw. That's how Rachel learns. Taste learns we just yeah, take it, you know, it, we take it to a um, multiple of 60 times. <clears throat> we don't do two stages. But anyway, let's get to anything about it. We'll go with Kondrashi. Rabbi says, Tirkav b'shishim takivim. Tirkav is treikav, which is three kav, which is a half a so. And 60 times that is 30 so. So the, the, the way <clears throat> many of the learn is, and in Rashi, there's a different opinions. We take, instead of 60 so, they say, let's do 30 so. Because they say 60 so, one saw in a field that's 60 saw large, one saw is not worth much. So the nizik is sort of being cheated out because, you know, it's a massive field, you know, 59, 60, the price is not going to be that different. But we work on, on a 30 saw field. What's one saw compared to 30 saw? Far more, far greater, far larger amount. Then once we've established the value of saw, now let's go and see the, you know, the damage it did, the impact it has. So the saw, instead of being worth $6, it's worth now $10. 
Okay, that's opinion number two. Opinion number three is Chizki. Chizki says we don't do the two stages. You just look at whatever the person, the, the animal ate. Let's say the animal ate a, a calf. So then you do a multiple of 60 and you say, well, if you would buy 60 carbon of this particular kind of uh, grain, it would cost you $100, $120. Now, what would it sell for if, if you only be 59, a multiple of 59 of this particular grain, of carbon of this grain? It would sell for a bit less. That's the amount of damage. That's the damage that was done. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Let's continue tomorrow. So that's the uh, uh, opinion number uh, three. Says the Gemara, um, that's Chizkiah. So the Gemara makes a question. But all three of you say that we do a multiple of 60. So I have a question. Says the Braise, Achla Kav, Fieda Kav, the animal Eda Kav, Ekabayim, or two Kav, Ein Oimrim Tishalom Demain. We don't say just pay it out right, whatever it sells in the store. El Oroin, I say, we, is, we imagine Kiilu Yaruga Kitana. As if it's a small patch, in oisa, and we assess whatever whatever that small patch is. You said a multiple of sixty, and here it seems clearly that we don't do a multiple of sixty. My lab if not, we just look at the small little patch, and that's it. Was it The price didn't bother delineating exactly how it works, but it's sixty. Says the Gemara. Talk about the price a very cryptic rice. Ain shaman kav. The brayzer says you don't assess by a kav. Uh, we're going to see that later. The gemara. The, the, I'm going to learn the brayzer the way we learn it later. Ain shaman kav. You don't assess the pay for the kav on its own. The penation maj bichay, because then it, you're you're raising the price. If you look at the kav on its own, when it's a small amount, it sells for a substantial amount of money. Nor v'loy base kur. Nor do you look at it as if it's part of a kur. We'll soon see what that means. Then it's such a small amount in the, in the presence of a kur, you know, the value of this? Nil. So the, the nizir will be cheated. Will be cheated. So my comments. We have two opinions as to what the Bryce is actually saying. This is how you learn the Bryce. He says the Bryce. You don't assess a kav. In 60 kavim... Why not? This is a papa. You don't do a multiple of 60. Because um, if an animal ate one cob, you don't say, well, let's look at 60 cob and what it cost and 59 cob and what it cost. Because in that case, um, um, the, the mazik actually will have to pay more. Why? Because 60 cabin is not a very big amount. And... Um, then it's it's a, a rich person is not going to buy such a small amount, or even an average person is not going to buy such a small amount. And number one, so therefore, because of the small amount, you're going to be paying an excessive price. And more than that, one cab among 60 is, is negligible. So you, what's the thing you going to get for it? Nothing. You don't do that. Nor kur bishishim kurin. Let's say the animal ate a full a kur, which is 30 saw, a large amount. You don't assess it against 60 kur. Why not? Because that is going to cost the mazik. 60 kur is a massive property. Very seldom do you find that on the market you can buy such a massive lot of land. And when it does come on the market, you pay uh, an exorbitant price because it's so rare. So then when you work back to one kur... It'll be a lot more valuable than a, a lot more expensive than a normal core on its own, 
and comes out the mazik has to pay too much money. That's what a papa says. Masko has a question. So hi, why does it say like base cool? Well, like cool by the coin to you, the way you learn is a kav you multiply by 60, or a kur you multiply by 60. So why by kav it just says the word kav, and by kur it says base kur, the house of kur, just, just use the same word, kur, and not a kur to 60. So it means something else. The animal ate a cob, which is a small measure of the, the tour. You don't just say, okay, what does that cob sell for in the, in the supermarkets? And that's what you have to pay. You don't do that. The next person is, and will pay, will be getting extra money. Not really worth it. Nor, because you don't do retail. If, if the animal damaged the, the nizig, why should the nizig get the retail price? No. Nor, the light cob, the base could. On the other hand, you're not going to take this kav and multiply it and turn it into a base kur. Let's say 30 so. You know what a kav? There are six kav into a so. And if you then go to a base kur, which is 30 so, it's 180 kav. Which means the percentage of one kav to a base kur is 180. Nothing. And if you're going to put it on the market and you're going to sell somebody 180 kur or some 179, you practically get the same price. So that means that the nizik won't get paid for the damage that, that occurred. They should play music, you'll damage the music. And what we do is Bishishi, we always calculate in a multiple of 60. In 60, you're getting a, a fairer amount. Says the Gemara, there's a person in the cuts cash from Mechavi. The person went over and practically just a person, an animal, cut down a palm tree from his friend. Also, come to the solution. So he went to the, to the they were, he was taken to it entire to the head. Of the gullus in, in Babel, Amale, so the head of the gullus, which was said, to me, it seems, the Tulasa told to be I saw this place with three nice palm trees standing at each other. The total value of the three trees is worth $100. So you damage a third. Zil have laid plus in Batilsa, Batilsa, 33 and a third, but you have to pay him 33 and a third dollars because that's what he did. You could, that's the damage you did. Omar. God, so this guy is very disappointed, and he says, "Am I going to go to Din Toyda to an age galusa that has no clue of how to paskin? The doyin dina de pasa, he's paskin like the Persians, like the goyim. We do multiples of sixty. What he should have done is, what's this one? You know, one palm tree. If you would have sold sixty of such palm trees, what would it sell for? And now fifty-nine of these palm trees, what would it sell for? And that's what I paid that difference." Not three palm trees. It doesn't matter whether in this situation all you have is three palm trees. It's a general rule of thumb that we make. Uh, this is a formula. We multiply by 60, and that's what the, and we work out 60, 59, and that's what you pay. Lumberly. So he says, why would I go to a Persian court? He doesn't know it's halacha. Also, the Kam made it on Nachman, went to the Nachman. Do you have the keys? Let me, I'm leaving it. Okay, we well, have the keys. Key. Okay. Lumberly, he said to him, Bishishim. He said that Ramachman ruled exactly like this person said, 60, a multiple of 60. Omale Rava said, Rava comes along and he wants to say as follows. There's a big difference in Rava's opinion, whether your animal causes the damage or whether the person himself proactively causes the damage. He says, look, when you, you know why we're so lenient here? Why you're not paying the retail price, you're paying the wholesale price? You know why? Because you didn't do the damage, your animal did. Because your animal did the damage, we have a little Rachmanus in you, and we say, look, it's sort of distant from you. We're going to pay a lesser amount. But in a case where you personally went ahead and you caused the damage, why should we have any Rachmanus? You pay the full amount. So therefore, he said to him, 
If a case with your animal caused damage, they're going to say the same thing when you personally cause the damage. So that's why a rabbi disagreed with his rabbi. And said, you just came up with a new chiddush. You need to have a basis. And I imagine the basis is a certain brisa where it talks about a case where somebody caused damage and ruined some fruits and how you assess the damage. And it doesn't mention their word about a multiple of 60. So you assume that when it comes to a person proactively causing damage, you know multiple 60. You look at what the damage is and that, whatever that is, that's what you pay. And Rabbi said, you are wrong. As we'll see. What was your opinion? Time to be learned. If somebody goes ahead and destroys the vineyard of his friend Samoda when it's a stage of budding grapes, we look at the, the vineyard. The vines. Look at the damage you did. What this particular vine, what was it worth together with the grapes and was it worth not without the grapes? And that's what you pay. The Ilubishishan like time doesn't mention a word about a multiple of 60. And this is a case where the man went over and destroyed the grapes, the vines. So therefore, you assume that when a person does it, there's no such thing as a multiple shishim and you know, try and make it easy. So let me ask you a question. I'll find you another Brice that talks about an animal causing damage. And there also doesn't mention a multiple of 60. What are you going to say? But we know that we do pay a multiple of 60. The Brice doesn't bother to delineate every time in detail how it's done. So just like by an animal, it'll mid 60, but it means you have to do a multiple of 60. By a person also, it's a multiple of 60. So now we're going to quote a Brice. And tomorrow's Gemara is going to focus on this Brice. So you have a number of cases here. Case number one. What happens if an animal came along and cut down a sapling, a young little tree? Those people who make all these different rules in Shalim, Admin, Admin, and Ben we had them in the last paragraph. They say the following as a minimum. The tear, as a, it could be more, but the minimum, if the animal destroyed a sapling, bashnos of one year old, stay kasset, gotta pay two silver coins. Bashteishan, if it's two years old, abor kasset, four silver coins. Okay, next case. Ocho, the animal ate chazes. Chazes is, um, is, I guess, grains that are just starting to shoot up. Eight the chazes. Is, um, Abyeisi Haglili, I'm going to say, you know what he says? He says, Nidoin very interesting. He says, okay, at this stage right now, we're just starting to grow. The shoots are starting to grow. He says, what's, what is it worth right now? It's not really grains yet. It's not really wheat yet. But in another couple of months, it'll be full-grown wheat. So we judge this particular patch by the, look at the rest of the patch. We judge it by its potential. We pay for the potential, not for what it is right now. How do we know what the potential is? The animal destroyed it. We look at the rest of the patch, see what it looks like at the end of the season, and we assume that these stalks of wheat would have turned the same way, and therefore this is the amount, and that's how we assess it. That's how we assess it. Which means, according to Taisa says, according to Rabbi Yisrael, what happens if it, if there was a, a, a hurricane and destroyed the rest of the patch? Then you pay nothing, because you're only paying for the potential what it could have been at the full, you know, the full season. But if the end of the full season was terrible rain and cyclones and it would have damaged all the field, then you pay nothing. But that's what you pay. Otherwise, in normal cases, you pay what the potential what it could have been. That's a basic one. The Chachamim say, no, you look at it now. 
right now it's, it's just budding, is rain oisa, which is just trying to grow, rain oisa, kama oisa yafa, kama hi yafa. You look at it now, what's the field worth with it and without it, at its current state. That's case number two, chosis. Case number three, they ate the grapes that are just beginning to bud. And Rabbi Yeshua says the same thing. We look. We don't look at it at the current stage. We look at it when if the season would have ended and been full grapes. You just deny these grapes the potential. You deny the ability to come to fruition. Therefore, you pay as if it was full full body grapes. Some want to say that Yeshua is actually arguing the Yisrael Glili, even though in theory it sounds the same. But according to Yisrael Glili, he says, look at the rest of the field, which means if there was a hurricane and destroyed the rest of the field, you pay nothing. Rabbi Yeshua doesn't say, look at the rest of the field. Rabbi Yeshua just says, look at the grapes that you just destroyed. What would it have been worth if it would have been full grapes? We don't look at the rest of the field. Words, even if there was a cyclone, we don't care. That's it's irrelevant at this point. You took away these grapes. It could have, who knows what would have happened. And therefore, you have to pay as if it's full. The Chachamim say, no. You look at it in its current state. Look at the, the land. What does it work with it and without it? Now, no way do the Chachamim mention you do a multiple of 60, that whole thing we did before. You know, you have 60 saw, you go back to a saw, and then the saw, what's the impact with this loss? But that's the law, which means the Bryce is not out to tell you, you know, the multiple of 60. Once we know the formula, use it, apply it everywhere. You don't have to mention it every time. Shimon ben Yehuda says, in our Mishnah, our Mishnah, the Tanakama quoted Rabbi Shimon ben said that if the grapes are full and you're about to harvest them, then we no longer look at the land, we just look at the grapes on their own. Comes along Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says, in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, when do we say that you look at the land? Before we began to bud, like the real, the shoots had just started to come out. Oh, the shoots had just started to come out. They don't even have an identity yet as an independent uh, uh, crop. So therefore, you assess it based on the land. But what happens if he ate a pagis, let's say, uh, a fig? But it's not really ripe. A boys or a grape that's only halfway ripe, a lot more than just shoots. We imagine our Mishnah holds that the only time the grapes are considered independent from the land and you pay according to the grapes you damage only if it's full, if it's fully grown. He says, even if it's not fully grown, if it's half grown, it's considered as if it's independent from the ground and you assess whatever the damage is. So the Kabbalah okay, concludes. We learn, however, we look at the grapes. We look at the land. What was the word with the grapes and without the grapes in its current state? But like Tony Bishishim was mentioned, word about 60. What are you going to tell me? Bishishim. It means 60. It doesn't mention it. So the same thing in the case of a, of a man who goes ahead and damages somebody's vineyard. The Mishnah doesn't, the price doesn't mention word about 60, but it obviously includes it. Okay, we'll stop here. And have a 